Hello and welcome to the White Shorts podcast. I'm Bella Cartman and I'll be your host for the series. Now, this podcast came about from conversations I've had with players, coaches and fans of women's football and women's sport. There is so much being discussed on a daily basis about challenges faced by female players, the improvements we would like to see in the game and how there are these amazing women quietly working away to improve our clubs and associations for the women of tomorrow. With the recent explosion in women's sports, I sought out a platform where I could learn more about these incredible women and what they're doing for women's football New Zealand. What I found should have come as no surprise, but this platform did not exist. So, the White Shorts podcast was born. This podcast aims to bring to light the work being done by these incredible women, along with highlighting some of the adversities they have faced by being involved in the game. Each week, I'll be joined by a player, coach or manager from around New Zealand for a fireside chat. We'll talk about their motivations, their journeys and crucially, what they've learned along the way. So come join us and we hope these discussions inspire ones of your own. Morning all and welcome to episode 9 of the White Shorts podcast. Today we are joined by multimedia sports journalist for the New Zealand Herald and News Talk ZB, Bonnie Jansen, also, I believe, involved in, is it Auckland? No, Eastern Suburbs. God, almost mucked that up. Um, yeah, Eastern Suburbs. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the pod, Bonnie. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I do um, play play footy for Eastern Suburbs and, uh, yeah, kind of have grown up playing. But, yeah, uh, a journo now is my <laughs> uh, my main focus. <laughs> hey, well, it's, yeah, it's, I'm so stoked to have you on board because, like, you're absolutely paving the way for women's football and also like females in sports journalism in New Zealand. Like um, you've kind of come off of my radar um, this year and to see the work you're doing in that space is just fucking cool to put it bluntly. Um, So yeah, super stoked to have you on board. First question off the bat would have to be, what is your first memory in football? Oh, my first memory. Uh, well, I grew up playing with boys, as um, probably most girls did our age. I mean, you don't, it wasn't common to have like a girls only team. Um, probably just, you know, playing, um, yeah, for an all boys team. That was really fun. And like my dad was coaching and my sister was in my team and we would, um, you know, do football first on a Saturday morning and then we would hop in the car and change our um into our netball uniform and then rush off to netball and that was uh, me and my two younger sisters we all had that same thing so that was probably my first like memory playing football and then you know as I kind of went on football became you know my focus and dropped the dropped netball and tennis and and yeah got I guess pretty good at it um <laughs> not obviously amazing because I'm not you know I'm not I'm not off to a world cup soon but um yeah, no, um, just playing as a kid and my dad was the, the coach and, and yeah. yeah. Sick. Did you have the um little McDonald's player of the day vouchers as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was no, that was... highlight, highlight post game for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm kind of missing the halftime oranges, not going to lie. Like, now we have, you know, we have a cool changing room set up and we have the lollies and the Gatorade and stuff, but I'm like, yeah. where are the oranges? Where, like, yeah, truly. That's so legit. That's such a good point. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I guess from there, like what has been 
like you mentioned, you you know, you're playing footy and nitty and then you moved into footy and, you know, you're playing for Eastern Suburbs now. But, like, what has been your journey in the sport so far? And I guess also possibly, like, how does that tie into the role you're doing with the Herald and News Talks ZB now? Because I imagine they're pretty pretty intertwined. Um, but, yeah, like, what's been your career slash journey in footy? Yeah, so I um obviously yeah got into you know high school and I started focusing more on the football and and I was going to the the NTC camps and things like that and had a really um good you know group of girls at Capital Football in Wellington, um, and yeah just just absolutely loved it and was training you know five times a week and then there was obviously school football and that was huge. I went to Hutt Valley High and so we um we did really well at the time for a public school and we you know we went and finished fourth and nat- at nationals and that was like just the the best like if I could li- relive any moment in my life it would be you know going back to school football because <laughs> um yeah it was just so fun and then yeah I kind of you know did the NTC camps and they were really good and, and feds and then like there was this tap six talent program in Wellington and that was really cool and then kind of came close to NZ17s um but missed out but I think it was for me it was always football was one thing that I was you know kind of all right at and then uh public speaking was the other thing and Uh at school I would enter in all the speech competitions and do half all right and um I was it just always became a, a dream to be a sports reporter and everyone around this around me knew this um the, my nickname was Bonnie Jensen One News. I think I was the first person to come up with that. And I'd do it in the voice, Bonnie Jensen One News, like that. And um, we, you nailed yeah. it. <laughs> and so, and even now, even still to this day, all my friends, my teammates, that's just how they remember me. So it was always, football was there. It definitely wasn't, I clearly wasn't like that in love with it because I clearly didn't, you know, work hard enough to, to take that next step in it. But um. I think, yeah, the, the dream was always to be a sports reporter. So I then finished high school and um, still playing football for club. I played for Seatoon uh, later on and we we did pretty well there and I was one of the young ones. And then I went overseas for six months, did a bit of travel and then moved up to Auckland. That was always like my plan in high school. And so I'm really glad I stuck with that. I thought it would be the best place to get into media because everything happens up in Auckland in that in that sense. So I moved up to Auckland and played for Eastern Suburbs, a club up here. And um yeah, they're they're a really great club. Um and I I started and did a bit of media for them and uh, and I've done done that for years and I, I stopped doing, you know, that media when I've when I've now got this full time job at the Herald, but we'll yeah. we'll get to how we got there. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I studied, studied radio at uni and don't tell any of my colleagues this, but I studied radio because I hated journalism and like the journalism papers and the writing. So I was like, nah, I'm going to not be a, a journalist anymore. I'm going to yeah. be a, like a broadcaster. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that'll be better for me. Like, cause I don't, I hate writing. Yeah. Um, did that, majored in radio, all good. It was really fun. And then got a job in radio for Radio Hodaki and the Alternative Commentary Collective. That was a year. And then last year, I did a uh, journalism cadetship program. Um, and that was that was really cool. And it was um, to focus on um, underrepresented people and 
communities in the media. So um, there was a lot of Pacifica and Māori cadets, um, a really, really diverse group of us. And then uh, my focus was with female athletes. So I did that for a year. We were basically paid to um, to train uh, to train as a journalist and, and write and everything like that. And then this year just started my role at the New Zealand Herald and News Talk ZB. So we've come full circle. Um, pretty cool to, you know, tick off my dream to some extent at um, 24, age of 24. But um, yeah, still still pretty driven and, and still hoping to make the World Cup this year. <laughs> yeah, maybe just <laughs> yeah. on the field. Um, yeah, well, shit, like it's, it's so cool to hear like kind of your story into it and like... Um, you you know you've you, you can no you won't be able to see, obviously see it as listeners but like watching you talk about it you just see that you have such a drive to kind of like be better and get where you want to go and it's it's, it's very inspiring to see I have to say um, but yeah I mean talking about your NZ Herald and you saw ZB roles like do you want to give us a little bit of context about those like where you fit in kind of what you're doing because you know I guess we all kind of know to an extent what a sports journalist does but like. What does it actually look like in reality, kind of day to day? Like you mentioned before we jumped on this call, like you were down, like watching the ferns today. Like that's sick. Yeah. So when I first started this role at the start of this year, I was obviously like, oh my God, here I am. Like my childhood <laughs> dream. I'm Bonnie Jensen One News, basically. <laughs> and um, I kind of started this role and I was like, oh my God, do I like this? And I was just like, because I, I am quite a, a driven and competitive person and I, I need to be busy all the time. And when I started in this role, I would kind of just sit there and I was like, what do I do? Like, you know, I'm just, am I waiting for people to give me stories or am I trying to go out and find them? Like, and it wasn't like me not taking initiative. It was just like, I didn't really, um, you know, I was like, because everyone had told me the media and like the journalism industry is so competitive. Like you, you need to have that drive. And I was like, I'd sit in the office and I was like, it's not really competitive, is it? Like, we're just talking about rugby and cricket the whole time. Like, it's not, it's not really that, like, you know, exciting. Like, yeah. everyone does the same sort of stories. So then I was like, in this, in this blunder, and I was like, oh my God, I don't think journalism's for me. Like, I've wanted this all my life. I hate this now. Um, but that was at the start. That was probably the first three months. And a, an old a boss of mine said, everything comes in threes when you start a new job. Like, three weeks you'll you know start to know everyone better and after three months you know you'll be away I think I think that was it something like that and so yeah as she was true to her word and, and after three months um I have really started enjoying it so a day in the office um you know you'll you'll come in and you'll have you'll have a story and you, and you usually have to find your own stories like it's not often that that a, a editor will be like oh hey we want you to do that yeah maybe that happens like once a week um, but yeah, you go out and find your own stories and, and a lot of people do it in their community. So, you know, like I obviously know the football community quite well. Um, there's like a lot of rugby reporters here, um, cricket reporters, so on. You get the gist. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a lot of press conferences for teams um, as a sports reporter. So that's what I was at today um, for the football ferns. And, you you know, you go down and you get to basically be like to the media person, like, oh, we want to talk to this person, this person, and this person. So today I spoke with Millia Steinmetz, Liz Anton, and Kate Taylor, and I just wanted to have a chat with them. And then basically I'll I'll turn around, um, you know, when I get back into the office, I'll turn around a, you know, maybe a quick story with them and be like, you know, 
Kate Taylor is excited at the prospects of a potential, you know, first World Cup at the age of 18 yeah. or something like that. You know, you'll turn around a story like that. Um, and and other stories, you know, I might go out with a, with a camera, like a, a, a videographer and, and um, you know, maybe do like one, a piece to the camera, which is always quite fun. Um, that truly is Bonnie Jansen One News. That's Bonnie Jansen One News. And I'm careful not to slip it in because obviously I don't work for TVNZ. So I've been very careful about saying that around the office here because, yeah. uh, you know, maybe, um, they, yeah, maybe they'll be threatened. But no, um, yeah, so it's it's it definitely varies. Um, some days I'm doing podcasts and other days I'm doing like, um, you know, some short video segments or social media. So, yeah. But um, it's definitely fun when you get to work on like big, you know, investigate, investigative, like I can't say that word. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, big project. Investigative. Um, yeah, big project. Um, well, I mean, it's funny that you say like you had those first kind of few weeks where you're like, shit, what am I doing? Because I feel like everyone at this age and stage goes into their jobs and they're like, especially if it's like their first corporate role or something. Um, and you're like, oh my God. I've made all of the wrong life decisions here. Like, why am I not over on a beach in Europe or something? Like, it's just, uh, it's good to hear that. It's definitely been a bit of a universal experience in that sense. Um, In terms of like you're talking about, you know, the journalists kind of focus on stories or look at stories within their communities. Obviously, as someone, you know, you're a female in football. Do you think that plays into like you reporting more on football slash more on women in sport absolutely like I think um you know you want to you you find more excitement and I think you do a better job what I've found when I'm writing on something that's like kind of close to home and you know so so like the football like the tennis like the netball that I, I grew up playing you know when I when I understand what I'm talking about it's definitely a whole lot easier and um I mean I've done I've done all sorts and I've done rugby stories and that's definitely hard I'll have to admit which is difficult because the NZ Herald is like so rugby focused yeah. so I'm like I need to pick up my game in that field <laughs> um you have these you have these things called rounds and so like everyone has kind of their own little rounds and that like mine is probably football women's sport and like uh so, sports social issues so like I've been writing a lot on like you know um female athletes on their period and and yeah. like different like the ACL issue and, yeah. and different things like that um but in terms of yeah I definitely get more excited about talking about st- like writing and and doing on you know projects that I want to work on but at the same time I feel like it's for me personally and I can't speak for everyone else but I'm I'm really enjoying seeing more uh players or uh female athletes or you know um people that probably wouldn't have had that opportunity to to talk and get their story out there I, I think they might feel more comfortable talking to a female um and I, I would like to think that that's you know something that I want to carry with me as a journalist is to try and be like really relatable and open and, and be approachable because I think you know a lot of stories especially in women's sports get missed uh mm-hmm. because people might be too scared to um to talk about it um for example I did one and this isn't even with a female athlete this is with a, a male athlete who's gay and he um is a taekwondo he was yeah he's like the new zealand number one in taekwondo and he was invited to the world championships in azerbaijan um but azerbaijan has really really terrible 
um, gay rights. Yeah. And so he basically was like, what do I do? Um, do I go? Because this is, was basically his ticket to the Olympics or it was yeah. going to put him in a really good position for the Olympics. Or do I, you know, st stay true to my morals and myself and, and his identity? And, and he was tossing it up. And so uh, I think in, in the end, he didn't go to Azerbaijan. And um, I think it was a really good story because he clearly uh, trusted me to to put that story out there and 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 it's a it's a niche sport that isn't usually taught you like you know yeah. taekwondo you don't really hear of it do you um so yeah I think that's that's kind of my my goal and and what I hope to you know to answer your question is is yeah like I do, do think I I find more interest in, in writing stuff that's relatable to me and also you know uh people that wouldn't usually have a voice in the space absolutely like love that perspective that you're bringing to the role like that is amazing to hear that there's people who will be championing it from the other side. Like, you know, there's so many players that are championing women's football and women's sport, but if there's not this two-way street of, you know, people actually wanting to report on those issues, then, like, it's a bit of a, like, losing battle. Um, you broke the story about Western Springs and what's happening at their football club with their women's team at the moment. And I don't want to get into Western Springs or that because mediation's ongoing and, you know, all power to the girls. I really hope they get the result that, you know, the outcome that they want. But in terms of you breaking that story, it was really interesting to watch kind of the stories following that. There was quite a few articles that came out post your initial story that followed what's happening at the club. And I mean, I've never seen that much coverage of a female club issue in mainstream media before. And it all kind of stemmed from you being involved in that scene and like I just wonder if none of that would have happened if there wasn't you reporting on it it's it's definitely a mix of everything like my first hats off goes to those players that were were brave enough to stand stand up and 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 you know talk to mm. the media because had they not have felt comfortable doing that then you know this this what this scandal wouldn't be continued to this day as you mentioned I think there definitely needs to be a responsibility for, um, you know, media outlets to cover all like completely diverse stories, whether that be, you know, female athletes, female football, you know, Maori Pacifica stories. Mm. Um, but at the same time, and I think, you know, without promoting the, the course I was on last year, there need to be more people in those roles and that, you know, like, like myself, like a, a young female journalist, like a, you know, a Maori reporter or, or whoever, so that people can feel comfortable with going to tell their story. I wonder if, you know, um, if as much of the story wouldn't have come out had it been a, a male reporter doing this. I don't know. I would hope so. I would expect a lot of my male employees, to, like they do, um, yeah. they do, you know, do a lot of agree and, and report on a lot of similar stuff that I report on. Um, and I'd only hope that the story would have been the same. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting that it's it's come out. And yeah, I just my message to to female athletes is and and just females in general and and underrepresented communities to you know speak up if you if you feel that's right and it might be um you know nerve wracking at first, but yeah, I think if if you can get an outcome like this where you're trying to where you're bringing a, a, a male board to mediation, it's 
it's positive so yeah, yeah. absolutely any like um helpful advice I get I guess for like any woman who might want to go into media or even like I guess like any kind of observations you've made from being within a media organization and like not necessarily news talk or NZ Herald, but just media organizations in general, like how can they champion women into these roles slash how can women champion themselves to actually go out there and go for it? Um, I mean, it's interesting. I was talking to you earlier and and I do work with the pro, uh, predominantly like male immediate team and um, the sport team here at NZME. Um, and I think like, obviously it just helps so much when you have like an, an open team around you and, and I'm really lucky to have that. And I think I'm, to be honest, I'm just super transparent with them in in my role and it's, it's, it's not become a joke, but it's, it's become, you know, like the amount of period stories I've, I've done since I've been here and and now we, we don't joke about it that's probably the wrong way to say it but you know we, we'll kind of be like oh it's that time of the month again for a period story and yeah. and you know they're asking me questions and they're going oh is it is it uncomfortable to play in white shorts and um because my one of my uh, my club was one of the clubs to also change their shorts from white to black because of period yeah. concerns and so I think um obviously you've got to be brave to work and and media and I've I've had a lot of um, nasty comments especially around this western spring stuff that I've been reporting on mm. um so you absolutely have to be brave but I think um yeah just stick up for yourself and and be um really transparent with the team because I've, I've just noticed like a lot of the time like <laughs> men are really naive to what yeah. women like go through and as much as they think they know it all they don't and I think it's when you know you just want to learn and it's when like I don't know I'd, I'd say it's similar to when like you know I'm I'm trying to learn like a new Maori word and I'm I'm too scared to say it because I don't want to get it wrong and I think that's how men feel when like talking about you know like or like normalizing period chat and I keep referring to that but I yeah. think they're almost too um they're too on their high horse to get it wrong and so they they just don't bring it up or they they don't bring up women's issues or or you know they wouldn't care to write about a female story so I think it's just yeah that transparency and be like guys it's fine to talk about it you can get it wrong you know like let's just start like normalizing you know female athletes female sport female issues yeah issues not issues you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, well, I mean, and do you think, like, obviously, in a month's time, we've got arguably the biggest women's sporting tournament coming to our shores, and, like, there has been a lot of chatter around some of the, I wouldn't call them controversies, but, like, around, you know, players not getting what they deserve in some of the international teams, and, I mean, again, the period, like, white shorts being in uniforms, and, um, like really simple basic things like that like do you think I mean I would hope so but do you think this tournament is we're going to see that shift in conversation around women's sport and actually like the intricacies of women's sport um, yeah absolutely I think I, I was watching a TikTok the other day and someone said it really well and they said we need to stop because there's all this stuff like we need to invest in women's sport they need sponsors when they need more money and blah 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 but we need to stop treating women's sport like a charity. We need to actually just 
just shift our interest and be like, oh shit, this is actually really cool. Like they're really good. I was just talking to a colleague um, in the office before and we were just saying like, if you actually take away the strength of, you know, like men are stronger, there's no doubt about it. But if you take away that from sport and you put it down to skills, there's actually not, there's no difference. The are the same. Like the exactly. And so it's like, if anything, is women's sport better to watch? Because, you know, you watch rugby, you watch football, you watch, you know, sports where there's contact and, and the sport's shit to watch when it's just like, you know, we, we're taking people out. And like, I know rugby's terrible to watch when, you know, it's just like tackling, tackling, tackling yeah. all the time. So it's yeah. like, arguably, women are having to play smarter, not harder. And is that better to watch? Maybe. Yeah. I think um, as well, and I, I just hope because, you know, the ticket sales haven't been going amazingly in New Zealand and there's still a lot of games that have so many seats <laughs> that are available. Um, but I just hope, you know, it'll take someone here to, you know, flick on the TV and it comes up on Sky or, you know, they go to one match and they're like, oh, they're actually really good. This is really fun to watch. And then from that first game that they watch, they're going to go to the rest of them, you know. And so that's and, – and Kiwis are lazy in that aspect, you know. It's a it's a cultural, um, behavioural thing. And we just think we can rock up to the stadium and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to buy my ticket here. And so I think, yeah. I spoke with the FIFA Secretary General yesterday and um, she she said the same thing. And she was like, it's the same in my country. She's from Senegal. And uh, she kind of just said, you know, we don't want Kiwis missing out. Like, get your tickets now. But also, like, we know that's what's going to happen. And and she's got no doubt that, that um, New Zealanders will, as soon as they, you know, kind of see a game, that they'll crack into it and be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. So yeah, I hope I hope the um the World Cup because it is it is the biggest female sporting event in the world and and it deserves a lot of hype and I just hope New Zealand does you know makes the most of hosting this. It's so lucky of us. Yeah. Oh, it's such an amazing opportunity. Speaking of the World Cup, like how we and we've talked about you know a bit of an issue with the tickets out, but like how does it actually feel in terms of the build-up in Auckland? Because, like, obviously, Wellington, Auckland, major centres for New Zealand. And to be honest, Wellington, it does feel a bit lacking in terms of the hype at the moment. Um, But, yeah, like, is that the same up in Auckland? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, what I touched on is I think Kiwis are a bit out of the loop at the moment, um, whether that's media coverage, marketing. Our team probably isn't as as, uh, good or as, you know, likely to do as well as, as Australia's. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's not very hyped as much as I'd like to be like, yeah, it's bumping in Auckland. Um, I mean, I'm hyped. I'm telling the the lads in the office every day. I'm like, guys, like, you know, yeah. five weeks to go. And, um, I'm trying to get everyone around me hyped, but I, again, think, yeah, it's what I, what I touched on before is I think it'll, it'll get to the tournament and then everyone will be like, oh yeah, this is happening, you know? Yeah. And so I think it'll be, yeah, when it comes around, it'll be all, all ears, all eyes. But, um, until then, I, I don't expect too much hype, yeah. unfortunately. Um, who are your favorites? Who are you going for? Um, I would love to see an England USA final I think that is you know I think everyone a lot of people would because they've just got like so many familiar big names big players and you know it's like we all wanted to see a um Argentina France final for the men's world cup last year because for the same reason there are a lot of familiar players in there and and just you know uh I don't know if I would love to I, I really want USA to win it for a third time because 
uh, just unreal. But then I can just imagine it. And this might be me being pessimistic, but I just feel like <laughs> all the men will, all the male reporters will go, oh, it's easier for women to win World Cups than it is yeah. men, you know? And like, that's the only reason that I've been able to win three in a row, which is absolutely not the case, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it would be cool to see England win because like they have such a big focus over there for the men as well going like football's coming home was coming home yeah. and like the men haven't been able to do it so if like the woman won the euros and the world cup like that would be unreal for them um but i low-key think spain will do pretty well so yeah. and australia australia would be cool i usually hate like australia that's that's a strong word i really <laughs> highly dislike australian sporting teams and i usually yeah. don't cheer for them whatsoever i'll cheer for the team that's playing australia yeah. but for some reason I've just got a soft spot for this Australian team and I would like to see them do well I think you know yeah, so, yeah someone put it well the other day you know it's we're co-hosting we got to support we got to support the guys across the ditch um and yeah I think like I think Aussies are going to be a dark horse I think um but yeah maybe they're putting a bit too much reliance on Sam Kerr but you know she's yeah and insane at the moment so yeah oh, no, it's gonna be so exciting it's just yeah it's, yeah oh, it's it's be i think there'll be a few upsets that's for sure that australian pool is is very good they've got canada in there as well and then i think nigeria will do all right and and yeah. potentially ireland so yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good <laughs> um well bringing it a bit closer to home but you're obviously based up in auckland and we've heard quite a bit from you know some welly locals on this pod but um what is the league looking like up in Auckland like I know on Lainers episode we chatted about the you know the National Women's League um that's at the end of the year and the Kate Shepard Cup that's going on throughout this year like we're quite a few rounds actually I think it's a Kate Shepard Cup weekend this weekend um so we're quite a few rounds into it now and it's starting to get like quite intense in terms of the competition um what's the Auckland League shaping up like yeah um I mean this new national league format is awesome that NZF mm. implemented with it being club-based I think yeah. uh, I think it's changing in Wellington this year um yeah yeah no, so we'll have so top two clubs from our central league which is Wellington and kind of uh lower oh, yeah. North Island will qualify for national okay. league yeah, it's going to be a so, pretty yeah. pretty big yeah, and then I think it's still Canterbury and Football South, or not Football South, Southern. Yeah, that still come in as federations, but um, yeah, there'll be four teams from Auckland again, and I think it was just so cool that they've done that. And um, you know, it's, I, it, I mean, I speak because I obviously play at Eastern Suburbs in the reserve team, but um, yeah, there's just like a a better culture, and the players are together for longer, and mm-hmm. I think even when it comes around to national league, you're seeing better teams because usually when it's just like Auckland, like it would have been, you know, AFF in the past, the it's the teams all split up, and yeah. and a lot of players are like, oh no, I don't, I don't really want to play for a different team or a different coach, and so so players are sticking around, and and we're seeing um you know a a bigger pool of on players on a national scale and I think um you know it's it's really good so it's going to be good to see how the Wellington clubs shape up because we obviously see them in the Kate Shepherd but um yeah it's it's good the Auckland League's going well with the Western Springs team having a having a postponement of their game because of the mediation they it's kind of thrown a bit of spanner in the works to the league yeah. so um all the other teams in the top four are kind of waiting for their result 
against Auckland United, another top team, uh, yeah. for that game to be replayed because that is kind of will depend where everyone sits, whether Eastern Suburbs will go top or Eastern Suburbs will go fourth or, you know, it'll it'll really change the table up. So we're, I think everyone's just kind of holding out for that rematch. But I think we're probably looking at the same top four making the, uh, oh, not the same top four because Northern Rovers won't be there. They won last season. Uh, they were champions of the, the Lotto NRFL last season and then now they're facing relegation. So that's not ideal. But um. <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably be looking at Western Springs, Eastern Suburbs, Auckland United, and it's going to be a tight one for fourth, maybe West Coast Rangers, uh, which would be cool to see them in there. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's competitive as always, probably more competitive this year. But, um, yeah, we just hope that, that Western Springs can keep their players and then continue the season strong because they've, they've started strong. Yeah, well, it's real interesting up in Auckland because, like, so many of the players – throughout those like kind of top three clubs that you mentioned like you know they have some of them have a couple of caps for New Zealand and like Mm. they've played for the football firms a few times and like you know there's some of our national players and they're playing down at the local local park on a Saturday like I don't think people realize like the depth of talent we have in some of our local leagues around New Zealand and like you can watch very high level football literally in your own community yeah, I think, um, you know, and I, I might be biased in saying this, um, <laughs> but I think it would be cool to see New Zealand football uh, or, you know, Yitka get out more into the into watching those levels because, you know, you see Mickey Foster from the Phoenix and she's only been in the Phoenix for a year before that. She was, I mean, she went to the States for college, but she has been playing in the Lotto NRFL for the last few years. And that's just the Auckland competition. And she's yeah. a, a year, she's been pro for a year and she's in in with the ferns same with claudia bunn she was playing um club in auckland for for some time and so i think you know there needs to be um i know there's like a big you know a big want to and drive to get players overseas and playing pro and they absolutely should be doing that but i think at the same time there's a lot of talent yeah in the regions and and they should for sure be given the same opportunity as everyone else yeah well i mean and, you know, you mentioned Claudia and Mickey Foster, but, like, yesterday, Emma Main, who's a local Welly girl, you know, was playing for Wellington United last year and has now gone pro with the Phoenix, signed a, her first professional contract. And, like, that pathway, and we're going we're gonna to touch on the Phoenix now, but, like, that pathway of having that professional club in New Zealand is, yeah, bringing all these girls that have, like, fallen through the cracks in some of those, like, U17s, U20s teams to the forefront which is just going to make us better on the international stage which we're seeing that we probably need at this rate um unfortunately but yeah I mean in terms of the phoenix like how's like what's the vibe towards the phoenix up north because obviously welly we're stoked we're loving it we're massively behind the girls and we kind of just assume that you know the rest of new zealand is as well but yeah like how do you see the phoenix up there in welly uh up there in Auckland, sorry yeah um firstly shout out to emma main i kind of grew up playing with with emma and at um you know feds and for capital football and against her in school and um yeah we we grew up playing together so very very proud and stoked for her she absolutely deserves that opportunity and hopefully we'll also see her in the fence sometime soon um but yeah, the Phoenix. I mean, I'm obviously from Wellington, so huge fan. Um, I call them the Knicks Chicks, and <laughs> I just be like, when are the Knicks Chicks playing next? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm obviously around them, but I think 
uh, Aucklanders, again, like, they need to, like, have, like, a, a quite consistent for um, them to get around it. And so, like, when the Phoenix are only playing here once or twice a season, it's it's a little bit difficult. But I, I went to a couple of games here and the, the crowds are pretty dead. I mean, they're, they're bigger than what you get in Wellington, but that's probably expected. But um, I think when there's the Auckland A-League team, which is meant to be coming next season, hopefully, not this season, coming the following season, yeah. um, I think... It'll be cool to uh, they'll that'll create some rivalry and and um, yeah. you know a bit of North Island rivalry and I think that'll be fun and I think we'll see a lot more Aucklanders get into the A League hopefully. Yeah no well I guess off in the back of this World Cup and like with this Phoenix team coming in and taking a bit of a broader view to finish out this pod like what do you kind of hope to see for women's football? in the next few years like you're working on the inside in terms of trying to promote it and get it out there to the public like what yeah big picture thinking like what do you kind of hope the environment looks like in a couple years time I think what I said earlier is we need to start you know investing in in women's football but not as like a charity kind of like oh like we need to help these girls you know like we need to we need to start being like Oh, this is actually really exciting to watch and and there's something here and and I think you know we say like oh we get so much less than the with the than the men and we absolutely do but then we have to remember at the same time we started a whole lot late, later not because that's not our fault and I think yeah. it'll come it'll come eventually but I think yeah I hope that people can start investing in it because and and not not in a monetary way like investing their time and, and yeah. their interests and just um being and you know doing it because they want to and because they enjoy it and I hope that we we do reach that equal stage but I think at the same time um as female athletes you know uh, demand this more and demand equality we also need to um uh you know take the same feedback and the same um critiques and things like that so as as we demand more coverage and more things like that there's going to be more probably negative press and so I think it's my advice to female athletes is to be and as a journalist as well is you know if you if you're wanting more coverage and equal coverage and, and equal opportunity you need to be able to take that equal you know crap and I'm not saying that they they get hate or whatever but you yeah. know what I mean you know if we're critiquing yeah. a performance uh, in the media we, we that would happen on the men's side as well so I think um, from you know people looking at women into women's sport they need to yeah invest their time invest their interests enjoy it um, obviously invest money <laughs> and um, yeah from the media from a media perspective I just hope that as yeah as female players demand it more that they um, you know know what comes with that and and knows know that um yeah it will it will get tougher with media coverage but it'll also be better in the long run yeah oh absolutely <laughs> well I mean thank you so much for jumping on the pod Bonnie you've been absolutely amazing to have a yarn to and yeah you've just got so many great insights and perspectives to bring to the game so yeah appreciate your time oh, thank you no that's very kind and and um love what you're doing you know we need more coverage like this as well so um yeah oh thank you no I mean it's all it's all an absolute credit to you guys so yeah but Thank you again to the listeners for tuning in for episode nine. Appreciate your time as always. Catch us in for the next episode, episode 10, Big Milestone. So yeah, cheers. <laughs>